Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Best Friends Forever. This is the Fantasy Best Friends Forever here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Alongside Frankie Stanfield, I am Greg Sussman. Frankie, what's going on, bud? Greg, reunited, and it feels so good. It feels like we haven't started a show together in forever. At least like a week. At least. You're a busy man. I don't really like it, though. <laughs> I, I don't either. That's why I'm bringing it up. All right. I much, I much prefer not to be busy and just doing this and hanging out all day. <laughs> all right, well, we got it today, so let's enjoy all we have. Greg. How are you, man? How did you sleep? How did I sleep? Uh, not great, man. This, uh, this Yankees West Coast trip, I mentioned this already Killing this you, week. Huh? It's going to kill me. Yeah, I've, I've stayed up late. I, I wasn't up to watch the end of the game. I, I, know I was watching uh, the Damian Lillard last-second shot. I turned on that game with like five minutes left. I watched some of the first half of it, and... It was a crazy night in sports. I, I didn't watch hockey, but I kind of saw like Twitter was reacting to everything that was going on. And uh, my condolences to anyone who was hurt last night uh, regarding uh, what happened in hockey, but I personally did not watch. Uh, but I was watching some NBA, Dame Lillard, uh, lots of baseball last night. It was just a crazy night overall. How did you sleep, Greg? How was your night? Uh, I slept all right. I, I went to bed a little bit later because I was watching the basketball game. Um, I thought we were blowing up your phone and you were going to wake up in the morning and say... Guys, stop texting me. Because Florio and I were just going back and forth. We were talking about a bunch of stuff. We actually took over first place in GSC, which is fun. I saw that this now. morning. But I, does it, did I respond this morning to that or responded last night to that? I don't know. Oh, my God. I, did not even, I don't think I saw all these text messages. Yeah, there was a lot. We were just we were going at no, it. I, saw, saw, I, I did see these. I did see these. I don't remember if it was this morning or last night I saw them. But um, I have you. This channel, Do Not Disturb. Because we talk a lot, and I don't. It's true. <laughs> I have this chat on Do Not Disturb, so I wouldn't. So I wouldn't wake up. I did wake up. Um, I didn't know if you were one of those people that has like your phone right next to your bed, I do. and it's like oh, blinking on and off I do. and on and off. I do. It vibrates constantly. That's why I have chats Do Not Disturb. Yeah. So I don't have any vibration feature on my phone. It's just silent all the time. So if you call me, I'm most likely not answering. The phone. Do you know what? You know what? Text woke me up. It was the 1241, 1240, 1245 between you and Sandro about Mike Ford. That's what woke me up last night. Mike Ford. I'm like, what are these guys texting you about at a quarter to one in the morning? Like, I was the Yankees. And there they were. Oh, gosh. Mike Ford. The Sterling call. You like that, Greg? For the Yankees, there's a Ford in your future. Mike is Ford tough. It's better than Talkman and Sockman. <laughs> the funniest part about that was, uh, so Michael K is getting the report from Meredith regarding uh, what the call is for Mike Ford, and they start joking on Sterling. They're like, well, it's better than Talkman the Sockman, that's for sure. I, was, I, wa- I watched that. I was watching <laughs> that. Hilarious. Time, yeah. Yep. Um, 
Anyway, today could be the return of Daniel Murphy, potentially. We're waiting on news with that, with Colorado. So we'll get you that. And I, I said this last night, or this morning again, when it comes to the BFF chat. I think Gary Hampson gets it down when Murphy comes back. Now, they could certainly just option uh, Jeff Hoffman, but that's going to depend on Kyle Freeland's availability going forward. We'll see. But Gary Hampson last night against the lefty didn't even start. Ryan McMahon and Mark Reynolds both started in that spot. Ryan McMahon went two for four. Hampson didn't see the field, and that's even with David Donald not playing. I'm very, very worried if I'm a Garrett Hampson owner right now. Yeah, I think you have to be. Uh, I would imagine they would keep Garrett Hampson around just because he's a super utility player, and we're seeing now in baseball that versatility is key when it comes to your bench. A lot of teams are only keeping, uh, you know, three, maybe four bats. Most of the time, it's been three bats on their bench, and they do that because they have players who can play all over the field, and Garrett Hampson gives them that versatility. But regardless, you're right that we should be worried about him from a fantasy perspective because even last night against the lefty and Patrick Corbin, he wasn't in the lineup, and Ryan McMahon was, and he performed well. So that would lead me to believe Ryan McMahon is going to continue to see the bulk of the playing time now, especially against lefties too. So I do worry about Garrett Hampson from a fantasy perspective, Greg. And there's a chance he gets sent down, but ultimately, I think that he'll stick around just because of his versatility. But he's likely just a super utility bench player. That's the question. I would, I would is, he, is he a super utility bench player, or is he a utility bench player? I think that's the question. Because yeah, well, they're, they're not making a concerted effort to get him in the lineup right now. So, I would imagine Ryan McMahon has to be slightly older, and that's probably why they like him. The Rockies just hate young players. They do. Ryan, Ryan McMahon's a young player. Yeah, but, oh, they're actually the same age. Look at that, 24. Yeah, Ryan McMahon's, I mean. Uh, look at that. Ryan McMahon is actually two months younger. See, they love young players. Oh, man, what's going on here? This is so weird. The Rockies love young players, Frank. But to be fair, Greg, you know, they gave Garrett Hampson a shot this year, and it's, you know, he hasn't been great. 26.7% K rate, 2.7% walk rate. He was hitting 183. Frank, he's been terrible. He's been bad. Yeah, I mean, it hasn't been great. He's been terrible. Yeah. Like, yeah. we had that one breakout game where I think he, he hit a homer, he might have stole a base, like, all in the same game. And he only has one homer, and he only has one stolen base. So, it was really just that one game. Last night in Colorado, the Nationals were able to defeat the Rockies 6-3 to as Patrick Corbin went into Coors Field. Pitched pretty well. Six innings of two earned run ball, about three runs total. Struck out six, only walked one. I know you're take, you already feel like you're taking the L on Patrick Corbin. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I, I, can't, I can't really dispute that. Uh, I did take Zach Wheeler over Patrick Corbin in the main event, which we'll get into Check later on, obviously. But, yeah, Patrick Corbin has been great. He's been great to, to start the year, to go into Coors Field. You know, I, I did have my concerns. I have him in one league. It's a home league. It's a head-to-head points league. Definitely had my concerns uh, regarding Patrick Corbin, but, but goes in there, 11 swinging strikes on 100 pitches, two earned runs against uh, a Rockies lineup that had been coming around in Coors Field, obviously, a strikeout per inning. I think if you drafted uh, Patrick Corbin, the 2.48 ERA, you feel great about it right now. I, I, he was not an active target of mine. We, we went over that. You know, I would have uh, personally went with guys like Wheeler, I would have went with uh, James Paxton over him. Jack Flaherty, I would have went over him as well. And I think better days are coming for Flaherty. But uh, for the most part, you know, that tier has, has 
been pretty good, or at least has shown signs of coming around. Corbin has probably been the most consistent to start the season, but obviously Wheeler's a huge game. Paxton, back-to-back huge games. Uh, Jack Flaherty has been a little bit up and down, but, you know, it's the Brewers lineups he's been facing. Uh, and then Jameson Tyone has been mediocre. He's been okay. He's been all right. He's been okay. He's been okay. Uh, Sean Doolittle. Actually, Corbin's probably been the most consistent of yeah, the group. Yeah, he has, and he's been, he's been really, really good. Uh, Sean Doolittle picks up his third save, strikes at, strikes at three, got four outs for the save, so nice job there by Doolittle. Uh, you had a second stolen base of the season. Uh, I'm sorry, the fifth, fourth and fifth stolen bases of the season for Victor Robles in this one, so it's nice to see him running. It's also nice to see him continue to bat at the top of the order. He was in the second hole here, um, batting 278 on the year uh, for our guy, Victor Robles. Adam Eaton, by the way, we haven't talked about Adam Eaton at all. He's batting over 300 and OBP at 386. What do we need to know about Adam Eaton? I realize this is obviously in Colorado yesterday, but it's just a name that we haven't talked about because we weren't on him to start off the season. Uh, what should fantasy players know about Adam Eaton? Is what he's doing real or is this somebody that you don't believe in long term? It's real for Adam Eaton. It's just how long can he stay healthy to continue doing this, Greg? Because we've never doubted that Adam Eaton's a good player, but last year, 95 games played. The year before that, 23 games played. This guy's barely been able to stay on the field as a member of the Washington Nationals. Now, he has done so so far this season, Greg. He's hitting 319. He's got around an 8% walk rate, the 386 OBP. All of those things are great. He's got 16 runs scored, four stolen bases. This is exactly what you want Adam Eaton for. Batting average, solid. Run scored, already has 16. Already has four stolen bases. This is exactly what you want Eaton for, and I think he can continue to provide that as long as he's healthy. The problem is, how long will he stay healthy? That's the question regarding Adam Eaton. But I think as long as he's on the field, especially leading off for this Nationals lineup, it's a great lineup. And, and you know, that's even without uh, Anthony Rendon in there yesterday, and, and Trey Turner has been banged up as well. We know that he's out. Adam Eaton has been doing his job, and I think as long as he plays well, he's going to continue to lead off. I worry about, once Trey Turner is back, is Victor Robles is all the way back down to batting ninth? That's my question. Probably so. And I don't see how he doesn't, to be honest with you. How do you, how do you think people feel about Victor Robles overall to start the season, Greg? Do you think that they... How do you feel? Like you're you're, got you're Victor Robles' owner. How do you feel? I want to see... I think overall he's been fine. You know, he's batting, two, he's batting 278. He's got three homers, 15 runs scored, 10, R, 10 RBIs, five stolen bases. He's giving you production across the board. You know, I want to see him cut down on the strikeouts, obviously. Uh, a near 32% strikeout rate last year in 21 games with the Nationals. Only 18% strikeout rate in the, in the minor leagues. Uh, you know, AAA last year, 14% strikeout rate. In 2017 at AA, 13.9% percent strikeout rate so I want to see the strikeouts come down regarding Victor Robles you know right around 32 percent but if he cuts down on the strikeouts he's already batting 278 this is a guy who if he brings it down to you know 25 percent or even below grade this might be a guy that flirts with a 300 batting average he's giving you across the board production the hard hit rate is not great to start the year but I mean with that being said 21 percent hard hit rate he still has three home runs you know he still has 10 RBIs so overall I think he's. I think he's been great. I think the uh, the, stole, the two stolen bases last night helped his overall line. I saw his 150 game pace last night. Just from Bat Flip Crazy on Twitter. Uh, follow him on Twitter. He he puts out great stuff. 600 plate appearance pace. Plate appearance pace for Victor Robles. 105 runs scored. 21 homers. 71 RBIs. 35 stolen bases, and he's hitting 278. Remember the comp that we made for Victor Robles, Darling Marte. Sounds a lot like Starling Marte. And you were getting him around three, four rounds later. 
and Starling Marte, and at least Victor Robles is healthy right now. So I think overall he's been he's been pretty damn good. We haven't talked a lot about him, so I did want to hit on uh, Victor Robles a little bit today. I'm I'm happy that we're able to do that. Sure. The Brewers lost last night in St. Louis 4-3, to and the reason I'm going here next rather than Zach Wheeler or whatnot is because of the latest news from Milwaukee, and that is the fact that this team has signed Gio Gonzalez uh, to a $2 million major league contract, so he's going to be right in that rotation, I think. Is there any interest in picking up Gio Gonzalez? Not really. I wasn't a fan of Gio Gonzalez the past couple of years, and I know it was either, I believe it was two years ago, he definitely made me look bad, but the underlying numbers were not good. Yeah, it was 2017 where he had a 2.96 ERA. That was sandwiched between two years, where in 2016 he had a 4.57 ERA, and then last year he had a 4.21 ERA. The strikeouts came down last year. The walks went up. Listen to this, Greg. I mean, 7.79 Ks per nine, 4.21 walks per nine. It's it's just not going to get the job done. He's going to a hitter's ballpark, obviously, in Miller Park. He's going to face tough lineups with the Cardinals and the Cubs. National League only, sure, because he has a spot in the rotation. But even in 15-team mix, Greg, me personally, I don't have any interest in Gio Gonzalez. All right, fair enough. How about you? Anything? No, probably not. Probably not. They'll go to the bullpen too early for, for me to be interested uh, in, in Gio Gonzalez here. Who gets booted from the rotation? Is it, uh, is it Zach Davies? Who, who's even in this rotation right now? Well, the other day it was, uh, you know, Doobie Hauser. That was yeah, rotation, Adrian Hauser. So, is already you know, they're trying to find anyone they can get right now. They just need bodies to pitch. All right. Um, oh, Chase Anderson's terrible. This is always the bugaboo with the Brewers. That's though. why they signed Gio Gonzalez. Yeah, their pitching always sucks. But I'm a, I'm a believer, Greg, that you should build the strength of your team around your home ballpark, right? So they know that their home ballpark is a hitter's park, and what do they do? They put together one of the best lineups in baseball. I mean, it's... You know, it's top three in baseball right now. And, you know, they have one of the best players overall right now, Christian Yelich, too. So they continue to add to the lineup. They knew what they were doing when they signed Mike Moustakis, who is now out for the third straight game. We'll get some updates tomorrow from Dr. A regarding Mike Moustakis. But they knew what they were doing. They signed Moustakis, and he's going to play second base. So they're sacrificing defense. They know they don't have good pitching. They just want to score more runs than the opposing team. And that's, you know, that's basically been the mantra or the Milwaukee Brewers, and also for today, Jesus Aguilar out of the lineup again, Greg. That's the third straight day. It's, it was Eric Thames on Monday who started, Yasmani Grandal last night, and it was Eric Thames again today starting. That game kicks off at 1 o'clock. But Jesus Aguilar looks like they're giving him a mental break, Greg. Pretty long mental break here. Three games in a row for, uh, for Aggie, and he's on the bench. The... Brewers last night wound up uh, in St. Louis, falling to Ponce de Leon, 4-3. As Danny Ponce de Leon went five innings, two hits, one run. He walked three. He struck out seven in the spot start. Jordan Hicks allowed a run, but picked up his sixth save of the season. Uh, A lot of homers in this one, including, once again, Travis Shaw going deep in the ninth inning. Paul DeYoung has been an unbelievable man this year. That was one of two Shaw home runs on his eye. Mentioned sixth and the ninth inning uh, for him. Paul DeYoung's been incredible this year. Everyone that wanted big things for him, you've gotten it over the past couple of weeks to start off the season. His fifth home run now. Batting up, batting average is up to 337. OBP is close to 400. Absolutely fantastic start uh, for Paul DeYoung. Colton Wong over three again. Frank batting average down to 278 despite the OBP uh, still being over 400. Uh, Orlando Arcia also hit his fourth home run of the season in this one. Arcia. Just batting 218, though. 
Yeah, it's been a rough couple of years here for uh, Orlando Arcia. Thought he'd be the know. next Francisco Lindor. Yes, I did. I, I honestly, no, not you, me. I, I was, I was I did, very I much did too. I looked at the minor league numbers. I thought they Same. were similar. You know, they were regarded more so as uh, defensive first players coming up. And, you know, they had similar numbers. And I thought Orlando Arcia can, can make that jump last year. Maybe he could be a 15-15 or even a 20-20 player. But uh, just completely bottomed out last year. And at it's, least this season, you know, the power has come back a little bit. He's got four home runs. He, he hit only three home runs all of last year. So that's a good sign. But the batting average has been brutal. Uh, here for Orlando Arcia. There was a lot actually going on in this game. Travis Shaw with the two home runs. Yeah. Obviously, you need to see that as an owner. And I think better days are coming. I said that yesterday. Don't give up on Travis Shaw. We come back, Craig. I do want to hit on Daniel Ponce de Leon a little bit because sure. he's great minor league numbers. It's just, are the Cardinals ever going to be able to give him a shot? They have a lot right. of players like this that right. they can just shuffle in and out of the rotation between the majors and the minors. And they're all really good players, but. I think Ponce de Leon is a little bit better than some of you guys. We'll find out what Frank has to say about Ponce de Leon. And get to Zach Wheeler next. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round. We never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for fast games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. The following ad contains shocking material. Listener discretion is advised. Is someone in your family playing a dangerous game of Russian roulette? Over 43,000 people die a year from drug overdose. 120 people a day. Five people every hour. One person every 12 minutes. 88,000 people die every year from alcohol abuse. Over 240 people a day, 10 an hour, one person every six minutes. Somebody you know may be next. Learn how to help someone you love get away from the drugs, alcohol, and bad influences. With the FMLA, people can take a leave of absence from their job and still keep it. Call now and learn how we can help you. 866-484-9621 866-484-9621 That's 866-484-9621 Game time decisions I think it's a pile of crap that Basim Kadri got suspended for the entire <laughs> shouldn't have been. He should have been suspended Come on. Damn, What about the DeBrus? What, what, what are the things he's doing? He's been hacking people's ankles the whole series, man. He's a cheap shot artist, too. Yeah, it was overly excessive, game. the penalty, the, the He's been suspended five times. Five. He doesn't learn his lead. It would have been five. Four minutes. Cross check. Weekdays, 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific. Only on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Back with you on the Fantasy Best Friends Forever Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Frank Stanfield, Greg Sussman hanging out. And Frank, you wanted to dive into Danny Ponce de Leon a little more. Yeah, it was a pretty interesting start last night against, obviously, a really good Brewers lineup. And five innings, just one earned run, two hits. Sometimes can struggle with the walks. You see that in the minors a little bit. But seven strikeouts, and he had 14 swinging strikes on just 90 pitches. Uh, 12 swinging strikes on his fastball alone. Just really impressive Maxed out at 95 miles per hour a few times on the fastball. Uses a curveball and a changeup as well. 
But just looking at the minor league numbers the past couple of years, last year in the PCL, this is the, the, the past three seasons in the PCL for him, which is regarded as a hitter-friendly, um, what is that, conference? No, I, league. League? Minor, yeah. Yeah, 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 minor league. Coast league. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but last year in the PCL, a 2.24 ERA, 110 strikeouts in 96 and a third innings pitched, a 1.24 whip. Again, struggles with walks at times. Uh, the year before, 2.17 ERA, only six starts, small sample size, but at the PCL. No, this season, a 3.24 ERA in the PCL. I think there's something here with, with Ponce de Leon over the past couple of seasons. He's, you know, average over a strikeout per inning. You know, among the group of him and, and Gomber and Dakota Hudson, I think he might have the highest upside, Greg, and, and the most staying power if something were to happen and they actually need another guy in the rotation. So I have modest interest in a guy like Ponce de Leon. I think he's better than some of those other fifth starters that the Cardinals have been trying out. So just remember the name. Remember the name. Put him on the, put him it's on very, the watch it's, list. It's, it's very hard to not remember the name Ponce de Leon. Ponce de Leon. Ponce de Leon. Sounds like an artist. Do you know who Ponce de Leon is, Frank? No. Okay. Very famous name. I like that you like said it sounds like an artist. That was awesome. I knew, <laughs> I knew you had absolutely no idea why that mattered. Uh, so you're looking it up now. Yes, I am looking it up. Right huh. now. Is this something I'm supposed to know? Yes. Is it one of those things? Yeah. Uh, Explorer and Conquistador. Known for leading the first official European expedition to Florida. Yeah. And and the Florida. first governor of Puerto Rico. Yeah. How about that? He founded Florida and Puerto Rico. He found it. I'm sure I've learned it at some point in my life, Greg. It's just... You know, things get flushed in and out of this brain, man. He's I like, can only retain so much information. He's like Christopher Columbus. Up. He's like Christopher Columbus, dude. Is he? Yeah. I know Christopher Columbus. Do you? <laughs> what year did Christopher Columbus? Like, come on. You don't need to know this. Of course you do. You don't need to know this. Oh, my God. Alex, I have better no idea. That. You have no idea what year Chris Columbus sailed the ocean blue. No. I don't. It rhymes. Correct. That's why I said it like that. Oh, that it was uh, 1562. <laughs> Sailed the ocean blue, 1562. It rhymes, Greg. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. This is, this is the worst one we've had. This is the worst one we've had. Greg, obviously I know who he is. I don't know what year it happened. Oh, my God. Is the chat killing you right now by any chance? No. I think Probably. they should be. I don't know. They're giving you the answer, to be honest with you. <laughs> Uh, Christopher Columbus sailed the ocean blue in 1492. All right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I don't know it. Oh, God. Look, if, you, if there's ever a trivia night, a sp- specifically history, politics, don't, don't bring that. that. Just don't bring I won't. But that's just like a basic question. Sorry, man. Yeah, kindergartners know that. You know what else they know? Uh-oh. That Le'Veon Bell's on the Jets, Alex, so how about that? And Antonio Brown is on the Raiders. How about that? I love it. Do kindergartners love know that? It. Yes, they do. And they know the drama is out of Pittsburgh. They also know that you're, you could have just called you a Jets fan, dude. <laughs> like, that's, what you're, that's what we're going to talk about. You're going to throw back at Alex? Yeah, well, you know, when the, when the Steelers finished third in a division this year. <laughs> <laughs> I like when the Jets fans talk smack. You know it's draft season when the Jets fans talk smack. It's great. Anybody but the Pats. Anybody but the Pats. True, but... Yeah, Alex season's always... Alex season's always... Patriots are going to win once again, Patriots. obviously. Yeah, our season, tomorrow, Greg? Our season's over, yeah. There's, like, 50 different scenarios that can play out for the Jets. It's insane. 
I have no idea what's going to happen. That's kind of how it works. They'll probably just take a Quinn and Williams and that'll be it. Like, I don't know. This is a really intriguing draft just overall. I, I know there's not necessarily a franchise quarterback. Yeah. Maybe you think Kyler Murray is that guy, but this is a really intriguing draft overall. I have no idea what the Jets are going to do. It's crazy. Let's get into the Mets and the Phils. Mets took this one nine to nothing. As Zach Wheeler, if you took him as your third starting pitcher, well, your second if you're Frank, you're feeling pretty good. Feeling pretty good as he faced the Phillies last night and went seven innings, allowed five hits, didn't walk anybody, and struck out eleven. Best start of the season by far for Zach Wheeler. I believe it is the second, maybe third time in his career he struck out at least eleven batters. On the other side, my guy Zach Eflin, pitch count was up, then got pinch hit for, and then, well, then it got broken open. He went four innings, allowed four hits, four runs, three of them earned. The unearned run came when Cesar Hernandez just booted a ball. That was embarrassing. Only struck out three. He walked one. And, of course, reactionary. Greg immediately sent a text message to Frank saying, can I drop Zach, can I drop Zach Eflin? He said, depends for who. Always the answer, Greg. Look, my question would be like, I have Lester coming off the DL tomorrow. Can I just drop Zach Eflin? Oh gosh, I think Zach Eflin probably has more upside than. John I'm not. So the I answer, don't like John Lester at all, Greg. You, so, you know that. So the answer is no. I'm not going to drop Zach Eflin because he faces Miami on Sunday. I hope. Yeah. Well, what happened last time Eflin faced Miami? I understand that. So we'll see what Vinny Velasquez does today. Who gets to start for me? You're starting Vinny Velasquez? Yeah. Why not? Mets? Why not? Man, you're one of those guys. I'm a Vinny guy. You know me. Oh, I love Vinny V. I'm normally in on start anybody at any point, but in our pit league yesterday, Vinny V, baby! I benched the Bull against the Red Sox, and I benched Michael Pineda against the Astros. I, I, I just I didn't feel good about either of those starts. You benched the Bull. Yeah. Turnbull turned out to be okay. Fish fine. Uh, regarding Zach Wheeler, though, obviously awesome performance here. Better at, the plate than he was, better at the plate than he was on the mound. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that. Double in a home run? Pretty good. It is pretty good. I saw someone say last night that it was he was the first member of the 100-100 club this season, Greg, who hit a home run with an with an exit velocity oh, of 100 Florio said this, this. miles per hour, and yeah. then also was like the first pitcher to throw 100 miles per hour. So do, do those two things in the same season. Uh, and I also saw someone say that it was his 100 start, which that would have been really interesting if it actually was, just like 100 across the board. It was 100 start, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. All right, so that's really interesting. I think the biggest takeaway for me here, Greg, is zero walks. Zero walks for Zach Wheeler. I was talking about this yesterday with Nick Pollock. The gains that he made in the control department last year, finally lowering the walks to under three per nine, that was the biggest key for Zach Wheeler, especially down the stretch. I mean, he really, really had good command last year over those final 11, 11, 12 starts. Uh, where he was just stellar, and we saw that again last night. 11 strikeouts, he had 15 swinging strikes. He has it all. You know, we talk about Jacob DeGrom and Syndergaard, what they can do, you know, throwing 97, 98, touching 100 miles per hour, and they have, you know, the 90-plus the mile per hour slider. Zach Wheeler has all of that as well. He averaged 98 miles per hour on his fastball last night. He maxed out at 99. He had a slider that averaged 91.8 miles per hour. He, he has just as much talent as the rest of the guys in the rotation. That's part of the reason why I was as high on Zach Wheeler as I was entering this sure. year, Greg. It's just he, his command and control is not at the same level, obviously, as a guy like DeGrom. And it's probably not even as good as Syndergaard, even though Syndergaard has struggled to start the season. But if he can continue to build off this, 
zero walk performance. He now has three quality starts in a row. This is back-to-back games where he's gone at least seven innings pitched. Uh, teams like Mickey Calloway is giving Wheeler free reign this year, uh, letting him go over 100 pitches. Um, you know, it seems like they trust him. And as long as he continues to show up like this against the Phillies, two games in a row now where, you know, he he won this start. He didn't he didn't win the one before it, but he this is two times in a row now against yep. the Phillies where he's looked pretty good. He faced the Washington Nationals twice. He's, he faced the Phillies twice. He faced the Braves. We're still going to have some starts coming against the Miami Marlins. Uh, like, he hasn't had a, an easy schedule to start the season, Greg. I, I just really like what I saw last night overall. Uh, striking out seven batters in a row at some point and, and just no walks. That's the biggest key for Zach Wheeler, in my opinion. All right, Zach Wheeler, somebody that has to limit the walk, says Frankie, in order to be successful. To- the Todd Father. Is it ready for the story, actually, before I get into the Todd Father? So last night, I'm watching this game because I have Eflin and Wheeler, right? So, so I have the game on, and Judy gets home at like 8 o'clock. And her nails done, whatever. So I'm watching the game. And I was talking to her. I had the game on in the background at this point. I'm talking to her. And all of a sudden, I say, hey, I hear, hey, I'm Maria Marino. I'm like, ah, that's awesome. But I wanted to take, like, a little, like, video and send it to Maria. I said, hey, this is so cool watching you just randomly popping up on SNY. Like, that was cool. You know, and we know she's been on SNY for a while. But just kind of seeing it in action was cool. So after, like, 10, 15 minutes talking to Judy, I went back, rewound it, uh, took the video of Maria, and, and pressed play, went back to hanging out with Judy. So at that point, Frank, I like forgot that I was like a half hour behind now. I just let it play. So all these things that I'm seeing are happening happened a half hour ago. And I, I, I totally, totally forgot until the BFFs lit up my chat saying, they're Todd father. They're Todd father. I'm like, what? He's, he's not like up for like another eight guys. This is confusing. I'm like, wait a minute. I <laughs> fast forwarded like, Innings worth. Like, I thought Zach Eflin was pitching really well. Like, mowing him down. Things are going great. And then you had a rude awakening. Correct. I'm sorry, Greg. It's all right. I thought you find that interesting. That, no, nah, normally I notice when it's behind. Uh, normally I do, I watch, too. I, I stream. So I use, like, MLB TV. Oh, I use, like, right, Fox right, Sports right, Go. Right, so right. I'm always, like, like, you know, five minutes behind anyway. Right, right, right. Because it's just, you know, that's what comes with, uh, with the streaming services or whatever. But uh, normally, if I pause it or something, I, I remember to... I tend to remember exactly. also, for whatever reason, this time I didn't. Greg, any interest in Todd Frazier? No. <laughs> what? Greg, he hit a grand slam what? last night. He stole a base the day before. Great. Last year, he had 18 what? homers and nine stolen bases in 115 games. So you pick up. What is with you? I'm just talking about old bad veterans, man. Greg, you know, I I cannot wait to get a Homer Valley. That's gonna be awesome. That's gonna be a great conversation. That's gonna happen right after this. But no, no interest in Todd Frazier. All right, I'm done. Okay. Michael Conforto went to before. Good to see him uh, get back on track with the bat. That was helpful. Deep mixed leagues. I would look into Todd Frazier. The uh, other big story from this game, from the Mets' perspective, Brandon Nimmo left this one. With a strained oblique. They said it was precautionary. The Mets are up nothing at the time. But he grabbed the side. You know there's an MRI today. I'd be very, very nervous about Brandon Nimmo if you're Nimmo owner. Yeah, the last New York player to leave with an oblique was Aaron Jones. And it was a severe oblique. And it was a severe oblique. 
And it's obviously because he lifts too many weights, Greg, and baseball players shouldn't do that. I do want to note in this game, given the injuries to Gene Segura and Scott Kingery, mm-hmm. Miguel Franco hitting fifth now for the Philadelphia That's Phillies. That's happened in the past. We haven't, no- we haven't noted it yet, though. Yep. So Franco all the way up to fifth in this order. He's Good news. Done, man. Two he's more hits. He's hitting 275, he's 935 great, OPS. I would love for this to stick around because I, obviously. I have a few shares of, uh, of Michael Franco. Yeah, we took a shot on him. Greg, what, what, else you, what else did you forget to mention on the Mets side, huh? What else did I forget to mention on the Mets what? side, Zach? You just oh. want to call me out. Oh, Homer Bailey. Huh? Robbie Cano in two yeah, and four. Yeah, you've been bashing me for, uh, for Robbie Cano. Hey, he gets two hits. He's on the board here. Greg, if anything happens with, uh, with Brandon Nimmo, yeah. is there anyone that interests you here what percentage, regarding the Mets? So what percentage owned is Jeff McNeil? Uh, I'll look it up right now. He has now. the second I'll, highest batting average in baseball right I'll now. I guess 52. He's 49. I know we talked about this yesterday. 49% owned. That's the guy. 50% leads he's not owned and he has to get picked up. Threw someone out yesterday, too. Yes, he did. What a cannon. For Given that he has second and third base and after the eligibility on Yahoo, like, that's the answer if Nimmo's hurt. Easily. Yeah, but he's going to play most of the time Anyway, right? All right. So then, if you want I me, think to- that they're probably just going to mix and match a ton because they have a lot of probably depth. a lot of key. I think you see a lot of Keon Broxton, most likely. Yeah, get some Keon Broxton. You'll get some Juan Lagares in there. All right, you know, I just I'll always go back to you know if Keon Broxton gets playing time, he still has an interesting power speed yeah, combination. I know. But I know. all right, I was grasping at straws. J.D. Davis is an interesting name too. I like J.D. Davis. Me too. The the bat ball data has been really good this year. The average exit velocity has been awesome for J.D. Davis. He was one of the leaders in his expected batting average, much higher than his actual batting average. I think there's a little something there with J.D. Davis, but now with Todd Frazier coming back and obviously Pete Alonso playing first base every day, I just don't know how J.D. Davis is going to get in there often unless they you know, start sticking him in the outfield, but then what are they, Conforto in center field? Yeah, it doesn't work I, out. I don't, I don't think that's going to happen very often. Okay. So, the... Get the Homer Bailey conversation. Let's just do it. Just drop him. He sucks. I was wrong. It's fine. You're right. I, I look. I, I, no. Did you, did you did you pick him up? Where it matters. I, I picked him up in the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational. My team's crap anyway. I think right. I'm in 13th out of 15th place. We sat here with Chris and we said, "Don't make the Jordan Zimmerman mistake again." This is what Homer Bailey is. That's what he was. Oh, I know. I asked you and you told me not to. I know. And I did. only did it in one spot. Thankfully, I could have done it in more. He thankfully he went. He made it to the second inning and immediately immediately left. He sucks. What do you want me to say, Greg? You're right. You're right. That's not what I'm so not Someone for tweeted it. at me last I, night I, and said, oh, Greg I right. saw that. I was and I said, close. you know what? He, you know, that happens from time to time. Not very often, but from time to time. Great. <laughs> what do you want me to say what regarding Homer Bailey? I, I shouldn't have trusted it. I, normally, this is what I said regarding Bailey, and I'll, I'll stick by it to a certain extent for, and it's probably more useful for younger starting pitchers, guys that haven't, you know, had an ERA over six for the past three seasons. When a pitcher or any player in baseball is doing something different and they're having success while doing it, it's going to intrigue me. You know, he was throwing the splitter more. He's throwing the cutter more. He's using more breaking pitches. I was buying into it. And you know what? I wasn't the only one because there was a lot I of people. I didn't say you were the only one, and I just I said that those people were mistaken. I'm just, look, when it comes to people, uh, you know, players who are doing things differently, I'm going to at least be intrigued, and I'm going to pay attention to it. So, and I thought Homer Bailey was going to have a double star, which I don't even think he has a double star anymore now, sure. and that's probably for the best. So, look, if you picked up Homer Bailey, give yourself a big L on the forehead, because that's what I'm doing, and go ahead and drop him. We're all idiots.
You heard it here first. Emilio Pagan got his second save in two days for this Rays team as once again, uh, Diego Castillo and Jose Alvarado had the day off. So was that planned? Was that pre-planned? Like, I have to imagine it was, right? It has to be. Normally, do guys get two days off in a row, Greg? This seems a little weird to me. You'll, you'll, you'll hear of, all right, you'll, one guy will get a day off. All right, they gave both guys a day off. You're telling me both Alvarado and Castillo weren't available last night? This seems weird to me. Man. I agree. Look, you think something's you pick up? up anyone who could get saves in these deeper leagues. You know, we play in a few 15-team mixed roto, and a lot of people are starved for relief pitchers. And, you know, I, I saw earlier in the chat people are talking about, well, can I drop Michael Givens? If we're dropping Sir Anthony Dominguez, can I drop Michael Givens? Sure, that's fine. You know, you have no idea what's going on with the Orioles right now. And they haven't been in a position to have a game saved in, like, two weeks now. I still don't worry about it. So, you know, if you're trying to find someone two days in a row, take a shot. Like, all right, if you have a reliever on your team who's not giving you any saves or holes at all, at least this guy's converted two in a row. Something. I don't know. It seems weird that they gave both of these guys two days off back to back. It's weird. All right, we'll take a break. Uh, We'll come back. I want to get into Luke Weaver. We'll do that next. The Fantasy Sports Network is ready to take you out to the ballgame. Our experts and analysts are following the boys of summer through all 162 games of the 2019 MLB season with the best fantasy baseball analysis in the industry. Catch the latest news and notes every day to help you win your fantasy leagues and your DFS tournaments. We'll always want you back listening and watching the Fantasy Sports Network on the FNTSY radio app and the FNTSY YouTube channel. The Fantasy Sports Network, where we're root, root, rooting for your fantasy baseball team. Maurice Allen, 2015-2016 European Long Drive Tour Champion, 2017 World Number One. Me personally, I keep my game face on me all the time. Especially coming out of the bunker, leaving the range, or even leaving the course. What's your story? Go to GameFaceGrooming.com for all your athletic facial wipes and body cleansing needs. Fantasy Sports Today. Yeah, I mean, I was freaking out. I mean, I'm still freaking out because Chris Sale has been garbage so far. And in our draft that Joe and I are in the same league in, and I picked Sale and DeGrom went one behind me. So there was a lot of consternation for me as to whether or not I made the right decision because Sale has been off to a bad start. But the start wouldn't be, he hasn't hit the IL yet. So in that sense, it's a positive. Saturdays, 8 a.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. Can't get enough fantasy football? Roto Experts has launched their NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package, which includes the best math-based seasonal projections and rankings available anywhere on the internet. Davis Maddock and the Roto Experts are providing dynasty season-long betting, best ball, and NFL draft content every day of the year to give you an edge regardless of what type of fantasy football you play. Save 10% at rotoexperts.com with the promo code FNTSY. It's the NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package only at rotoexperts.com. Back with you, Fantasy Best Friends Forever, Fantasy Sports Radio Network, Frank Stample, Greg Sussman. Daniel Murphy has been activated for the Colorado Rockies. In the lineup. And is in the lineup. I think third, playing first base. Third and playing first base for the Rockies, according to our own Frank Stample. And Ryan McMahon, that's Ryan McMahon, batting sixth, playing second base. Now, what is the corresponding move, Greg? That is 
the million dollar question right now. Uh, and once we have the answer, we will let everyone know. But once again, no Ian Desmond in this lineup as Ryan Toffee is playing center with Dolan left, Blackman in right. Toffee has been hot at least. He's homered in three straight games for the Rockies. Yeah, he homered lefty on lefty yesterday too, which is huge for him. And he actually made a, a, a diving catch falling into the stands last night too. So uh, also once great, again, great game for. Uh, Ryan Tapia in that na- in that Nationals lineup. I'm sorry for interrupting you. Yep. No Anthony Rendon once again. Yeah, that sucks too because this is what probably their only trip to Colorado this year, or one of maybe two. Probably their only one. Probably their only trip, and so you miss out on Anthony Rendon games here in Coors Field. Um, I saw this as a topic of conversation on Twitter the other day too because in NFBC you can actually set your hitter lineups on Monday and Friday, so it kind of goes based on. Series. You start your hitters based on, you know, whatever series you want to get them in for. And a lot of people were talking about, you know, do you take the chance on putting Anthony Rendon in your lineup just because he's playing in Coors Field? And a lot of people said yes, and ultimately he hasn't appeared in any of these games. Another player, similar to Mike Moustakis, that will get an update from Dr. A tomorrow uh, regarding their injuries. I did put him on the list, right? I believe you did, Greg. All right, just, just making sure. Um, Anthony Rendon, you just made the list. Beautiful, beautiful. I mentioned Luke Weaver before the break. Let's break it down. It was Luke Weaver versus Trevor Williams last night. Both pitched really well. As Luke Weaver went six and a third, allowed seven, uh, allowed one run, six hits, walked one, struck out seven. Trevor Williams also uh, pitched well, but he went seven innings, four hits, two runs. He walked one as well, and he struck out just four. I know we keep waiting for this bottom to fall out for Trevor Williams and Luke Weaver. It hasn't. It has not, and Luke Weaver interests me a little bit more is because there's some prospect pedigree, and at least he gets you strikeouts, but I don't want to downplay Trevor Williams too much, and I'll get into that, but Luke Weaver now, this is three starts in a row, Greg, and I tweeted this out last night, drink, 17 and two-thirds innings pitched over his past three starts, 15 hits, only two walks, it's a huge key for Luke Weaver, just two walks over his last three starts, 24 strikeouts over his last three in 17 and two-thirds innings pitched. During that span, a 1.57 ERA, a 1.04 WHIP. He's been spectacular, man, and he started working in the curve and the cutter a little bit more last night. Uh, the curveball threw it a season high 12 times. I know that's something that we were interested in in the off season when we read the athletic article regarding Luke Weaver. So he throws the curve a season high 12 times. Also had a season high six called strikes on said curveball. So. He's mixing it into his pitch repertoire. He's, he's clearly throwing it um, in counts when hitters aren't expecting and kind of keeping them thrown off if he's getting six called strikes on these curveballs. And he's throwing them for strikes. That's what I like to see regarding these breaking pitches. So there's a lot to like here uh, with Luke Weaver. He had 12 swinging strikes on 94 pitches. I'm buying in, man. I'm buying in on both of these guys. Me but too. specifically Luke Weaver, if you were able to pick him up, uh, you know, he got off to a... A slow start to the season. I know one of those starts was against the Red Sox. But overall, if you Who pick him up, I feel very good about Luke Weaver. This is a guy that was being drafted as a top 30 starting pitcher last year. I wasn't in on that, Greg. I thought he was overvalued last year. But this season, Greg, during drafts, it went too far the other way. So last year, it was he was drafting too early. This year, he was, going, he was just going too late based on the, the, the pedigree that he provides. And you know he's, he's starting to show up a little bit here at the Major League level. In that first start against the Dodgers, he allowed five runs, four earned. In that second start against the Red Sox, three earned over five innings. Since then, two, zero, and one. He's been really good. Hasn't gone all that deep, just no longer than six and a third. 
But we'll take that from Luke Weaver at the moment. What about Trevor Williams, Frank? Yeah, so Trevor Williams, you know what this reminds me a lot of, Greg? Marco Estrada? Exactly. Yeah. It's exactly right. Because Marco Estrada, that was, he was a guy for years, would outperform his peripherals. He was basically, he was the anti-John Gray. Mm-hmm. He was, you know, Absolutely. He would pitch to a mid-threes ERA, and his exit would be near five. Correct. Trevor Williams now. We have data. Almost a full season's worth of data. We have over 200 innings pitched of data now with Trevor Williams. He pitched 172 and two-thirds, 170 and two-thirds innings pitched last year. 31 and a third this season, Greg. And over the past two years, last season, a 3.11 ERA. This year, a 2.59 ERA. Last season, his XFIP, 4.54. This season, his XFIP, 4.52. And he's just severely outpitching the peripherals here. Like, he doesn't get a ton of strikeouts. He didn't get a ton of swinging strikes last night either. Overall, on the season, his swinging strike rate is actually up. He's at 10.2% this year. Last year, he was at... He was below 8%. K per nine is down, though, from 6.64 to 6.03. And I said this last week regarding Trevor Williams. So the swinging strike rate overall is up, but the strikeouts are down. That tells me there should be some positive regression coming. I'm not saying he's going to, you know, start striking everyone out, but you know, he probably struggles, you know, with two strikes, being able to put, put batters away with, with swings and misses, but still, you know, gets a decent amount of ground balls. He, he induces... Um, he induces soft contact, just 27% hard hit rate this year. It's the low league average. Last year it was 29%. 68% first pitch strike percentage, getting hitters to chase more often this year by 7%. 38% O swing percentage. So there's a lot to like with Trevor Williams. I, I know the peripherals say that he's going to regress at some point, and he probably will. Is he going to pitch to a 2.59 ERA? I don't think so. But... Can he pitch to an ERA mid-threes to high threes with a good whip because he doesn't walk that many guys? I think so. I think he might be able to pull that off, Greg. The thing with Trevor Williams is he's never going to be a sexy fantasy baseball pick because he doesn't strike enough guys out. I think he's a fine player, especially in leagues where you're, you're getting the quality stars because he's just going to go deep in the games and he's just kind of going to do his thing. I don't see him getting bombed. I, I think- giving you a quality start every start this season. Five quality starts. Quality start machine, like I, like I mentioned. He's, now, gotten, he's gotten at least six. He, he went seven yesterday, which was the furthest he's gone into a game. I mean, the first four were all six. And, he, and he's done it, you know, he's, he's done it against Washington, in Washington. That was a solid start. Six and a third innings pitch, only two earned runs. Yesterday against the D-backs, they're not the best lineup, but to start the year, they've, they've been solid offensively. The other three starts against Detroit and two against Cincinnati. So, all right, he's supposed to perform well in those. But I think against Arizona, against Washington, those are two of the top half offenses so far this le- this year. He's performed well. You know, I, I, most people might say, "Oh, well, do we try and sell Trevor Williams?" The thing is, what are you going to get? What are you going to get for Trevor Williams? Like, you know, a lot of people are going to look at him and say, "This is similar to Jacob Junis last year." Remember Jacob Junis? Where's sure, Jacob He had. A great ERA in the know. first half of the season, but the peripherals kept saying, all right, he's going to regress. He's going to regress. And he did. But for Trevor Williams now, it's two seasons in a row, and it's over 200 innings pitched now that he's outperforming his peripherals. So, he's not, again, he's not going to pitch to a 2.59 ERA, but can he pitch to a sub-4 ERA and be solid and give you a good whip because he doesn't walk a lot of guys? I lean towards Yes. You could try and trade him if someone else in your league is willing to buy in. But 
personally, I don't think a lot of people are going to give you much for Trevor Williams. So I just ride it out with him. Gregory Polanco, once again, two for four yesterday in uh, the second consecutive game that he had that line. He had Cole Tucker uh, once again batting uh, eighth in this lineup. He went over three. They got pinch hit four uh, by Jung Ho Gong. Other than that first game, Cole Tucker hasn't done all that much as he continues to bat uh, eighth in this lineup. For Arizona, Eduardo Escobar once again, three for four, average up to 270. You did. Getting hot, man. He's getting hot. If he's still available as a free agent, um, Especially with his versatility, shortstop and third base, he give you middle infield, corner infield. He's not a guy that's going to hit, you know, 30 home runs, but if he's 20 to 25 home runs, he hits a lot of doubles, so he's good for points leagues. And he's batting in a good spot in this lineup. He's batting second just ahead of David Peralta, Adam Jones, Christian Walker. He's going to score a decent amount of runs, too. He's a solid player. He's fine, and he's starting to come around. So I think you should pick him up, and he's going to... He's going to continue to perform similar to this. He's, you know, he's got the batting average all the way up to 270. On the other side, great. Uh, you know, second game in a row, Gregory Polanco, two hits. And so far, he's made me look bad because I thought he was going to get off to a slow start, uh, more so in the power department. So, you know, maybe we see some solid batting average from Gregory Polanco here. I still think it's going to take some time for the, the power to come around for him, though. Perhaps bearing the lead as we tend to do, as Carlos Carrasco left last night's game early with an injury, had an MRI, things are okay, he's expected to make his next start, we'll see. You know teams are very cautious with their pitchers. But Pablo Lopez on the other side, well, he did his thing. It was a great pitching matchup between Lopez and Carrasco. Carrasco only lasted four innings, allowing two hits, struck out four and didn't walk anybody, or allowed any runs. On the other side, Pablo Lopez went into Cleveland and pitched six and a third, only allowed one run. It was not earned. Uh, just on two hits, walked two, struck out six, only threw 86 pitches. This is Pablo Lopez I think fantasy owners are waiting for. Absolutely, Greg. And I, I never wavered. I haven't given up on Pablo Lopez because... You look at the underlying numbers and the skills, and they were still there. He was, you know, he's getting a lot of swinging strikes. Um, he has good command. There's a lot to like with uh, with Pablo Lopez here, and his best start of the season comes against an Indian lineup that included Francisco Lindor. This isn't, you know, the same lineup that we were talking about a week ago that had Hanley Ramirez and Tyler Naquin batting third. This lineup is getting better. Jason Kipnis is now a part of it, and Francisco Lindor is part of it, and we got to see Jose Ramirez start to pick things up, but. Overall, Pablo Lopez was facing a an improved Indians lineup and had his best start of the season. Six and a third innings pitch, Greg. Only two hits allowed, one run. It was unearned. He had six strikeouts, 13 swinging strikes on 86 pitches. Uh, he threw a season-high 37-2 seamers. Interesting. I'm going to pay attention to uh, the pitch usage here and, and see if he continues to build off this. He had three swinging strikes on that two-seamer and nine called strikes. I think Pablo Lopez is a talented pitcher. But what I've seen from him is, from start to start, he's kind of changed up what pitches he uses often. And I think he's still trying to figure out what works best for him. So that's why you see Pablo Lopez a little bit of up and down here. But every start that goes on, and he starts to figure it out a little bit more here, a little bit more, a little bit more, he's going to start to put everything together and figure out what pitches he wants to use and in what order he wants to use them. And, you know, he's kind of learning how to pitch on the fly here. I think I think there's some good days coming ahead for Pablo Lopez, and I've said that for him, even when his ERA was you know up over six and he was struggling. The skills are there. I'm buying in on Pablo Lopez. Absolutely, and we've said it for a while now. Why you can hang out with with Pablo Lopez? Why you can pick up Pablo Lopez? Hanging out with Pablo Lopez? I'd like to hang out with Pablo Lopez. That that would be awesome. Um, hitting wise. 
Jose Alfaro had his fourth home run of the season. I think 281 Jose Alfaro. So if you, he was your late-round catcher. Pretty, pretty good about that. Pretty good, man. Yeah. I, was, uh, I was 100% out on Jorge Alfaro because he had a chance to play last year in a good ballpark in Citizens Bank. And, you know, he was a right. He gives you power. He hits the ball hard. But the strikeout percentage has been unreal in his career. You know, he's around 35%. So he strikes out a lot. And I still think that he can be an okay offensive catcher for fantasy as your catcher too. Maybe a guy that, you know, in his prime approaches 20 home runs, albeit not with a good batting average. But you know, right now he's been great. You know, if you have him as your second catcher, uh, 281, 819 OPS, hits his fourth home run yesterday. And that comes with his home ballpark as Marlins Park. So, um, he might be a guy that has enough power to the point where it doesn't matter that his home ballpark is Marlins Park, Greg. But as your second catcher, he's been great. And, and uh, you know, he has the prospect pedigree. I've been wrong regarding Jorge Alfaro. Thus far, you have. Um, I wanted to know, it doesn't really matter, but Isaac Galloway did steal his second base here. He's batting eighth for this team in super deep leagues. Speed guy. You know, I mean, we talked about Terrence Gore a couple of weeks ago. Is it, is it worth mentioning Isaac Galloway for the same type of reason? NL only league, something like that? Yeah, definitely. Okay. In NL only and, you know, 15 teams mixed. Yeah. You know, I thought about putting in a few bids on Isaac Galloway. You know, I actually thought he was younger than he was. I thought he was a prospect, a kind of like lower down prospect in the organization. But he's actually, he's one of these quad A players. He's been around a while. He's like 29 years old. He's been in the minor leagues for a long time. Uh, but, you know, last year... He hit nine home runs. He had twenty stolen bases. You're right. I mean, he provides a little bit of uh, a little bit of speed here, and he's shown some batting average at times in the minor leagues this season. He hit two ninety seven. I don't think he's going to be great, but again, if you're looking for speed and NL only and fifteen team mixed, I think at the least, Greg, he's going to play often for the Marlins, and they need to find ways to generate offense. And if it comes with Galloway stealing bases and doing so successfully, I think they'll let him continue to run. No reason not to. They're just trying to, they, they need to find offense. Yeah, they, yeah. Have, they have to take a page out of the Royals' book here. They have to start to let these guys run. Uh, Lewis Brinson, is Lewis Brinson hurt or something, Greg? Like, why hasn't he been playing the past couple He's not very good? <laughs> is, that, is that like a good enough answer for you? Maybe. Maybe. But, I mean, he was, this was the main piece that they got back for, reminder, Christian Yelich. This is the, you know, this is the main piece that they got back for Christian Yelich. And I know... They have Monty Harrison in the minor leagues who, an interesting power-speed combination. He has all the athletic tools, but he strikes out a lot. He'll probably be up at some point for the Marlins just because, you know, they want to see what they have in him. Obviously, he came over in that trade as well. Isan Diaz, another name. He was a lower-level prospect that they got in that trade. But to this point, since he's joined the Marlins, he hasn't done anything at the minor league level. And Lewis Brinson has just been brutal, but they got to let him try and figure it out. And, you know... Playing guys like Martin Prado, Greg, what does that do for them? Curtis Granderson, what does that do for the Marlins? Sure, nothing. Absolutely nothing. Hashtag let the kids play. Let, you know, let Lewis Brinson play. When he gets on base, let him run. Yeah. How else are they going to generate offense? What's the, wor- what's the worst that's going to happen? They lose again? They're terrible anyway. I know. It's just very odd the way that things are going with the Marlins. And similar to the Oreos, you know, when are the Oreos going to start calling up some of these kids, Greg? Well, there's a reason to right now, right? But they've, they've passed... Yeah, the, the time, right? Well, I, where, the, where they can call prospects up and they I, have the extra year of control? I think it depends on when players like start their minor league career. What about Ryan Mountcastle? Performing well in the minors right now, and a lot of people are excited about him. 
He should be up sooner rather than later for the Orioles, and that's a name to remember. But again, you're looking once at he a comes team, up, he, he has. You're looking problems. at a team that doesn't want to compete this year. That matters. Yeah, but you, I get what you're saying. It's a catch twenty two because you want them to be able to play every day and develop. I understand that, but at the same time, you want you want some of these young players, Greg, to develop at the major league level. You want to see what they could do, how they handle major league pitching, so on and so forth. And I know Austin Hayes was hurt to start the minor league season. So with him, it's probably a little bit different, and I think he'll be up at some point. But Austin Hayes, uh, Cedric Mullins, I know they just sent him down because he was performing terribly. So I understand that. But at some point, he's got to be back up. Ryan Mountcastle for the Orioles. These young teams that are not going to compete this year, Greg, and they're going to be up at some point. I understand that. But right now, it's just, you know, what is Martin Prado doing? I know. What is, I know. you know, whatever other schlub the, uh, the, uh, the Orioles are throwing out in the outfield. What does that do for you? I just want to see some of these, uh, these younger prospects get their chance. They will at some point. Let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll welcome in Chris Venture upstairs. I want to get into Domingo Herman and how good you think he is or can be or will sustain. And we'll also get into all the games we missed. More on the way in hour number two. Fantasy BFFs.